Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, how are you? I'm glad to be here. I hope you are too. How is this series treating you? I guess, I guess that is if you've been listening to the whole thing. If not, welcome to it. It's just a little thing, you know, healing trauma from childhood and life. Uh, it's based on Dr. Gabor Mate's book, The Myth of Normal. And he has four A's of healing and we're on the third one. You can just start right here if you're new, but consider going back and catching the first two as well because they work together. Anyway, if you have been listening, how is this series treating you? If you listen a lot, you probably know that I do this work right alongside you, and this one has really been an adventure for me. I like it. I I like it. I don't mind being uncomfortable, mostly because I really love that moment when you sort of break through the end of discomfort and have an idea or a realization that you know is going to change you, change your energy and how you can exist in the world. But with this work, sometimes I feel like I turn a corner and where I expect the end to to be, all there is, is another door with not much relief. And that's okay. It's just, it's just been an adventure. So I was curious what was going on with you as you listen and think and go through your own healing process. I also wanted to say thank you for the feedback on courses and coaching and all that good stuff. It's really helpful for me to be able to put things together that are useful to you because if they're not useful to you, what's the point, you know? So thanks for that. Uh, And if you have more feedback, I am always open to it. Today, we're moving on to Dr. Mate's third A, and that is anger. If this sounds scary or weird to you that we would need to use or have anger or be angry in order to heal, join the club. I've spent most of my life and a good portion of my time recently trying to heal from anger, not use it to heal. That made that made no sense to me, right? I've said it before in this show, anger is often a secondary emotion. We're angry because it's an easier feeling than whatever it is that we're actually feeling. And it can feel really righteous, so kind of good. But lately, I've had to dig a little deeper into anger, what it is, why it shows up, if I've got the tools to process it when it does. Because I really thought I was getting better at this, and I am in some ways, but this new idea of anger for healing opened me up to some new ways of thinking about it. And of course, you know, I can't resist a new way of thinking about something. I don't require myself to agree with the new thought, but I do like to be able to mull it over, to turn an idea around in my head to see if there's any truth or use to it. And I do feel like I got some lately about this. Maybe you will too. The first thing we can talk about before we even talk about what anger is or what it can be is where it goes when we feel it. Because what we do with it is why it causes us trauma that requires healing. 
So when you feel angry, what do you do? Do you push it down? Hide it from others? Hide it from yourself? Do you suppress it? Do you amplify it and rage at everyone around you, screaming, maybe even doing physical damage to things or people, including yourself, or a little of both, or a lot of both? So here's what I did. Not so much anymore, and I'm grateful for that, although it took a lot of work. But here's what I did. I would be angry about something, and then, because it isn't nice to be angry, it isn't palatable for me to be angry, I would just push it down or hide it. I always thought I could just shove it away and then deal with it later. And sometimes that probably worked, but a lot of times it just stayed put in a little anger box. I'd close the lid on it and go about my life. I don't think most people would have thought of me as angry, but inside, that little anger box was filling up. Injustices went in there, grievances, both for myself and others. And they just sit and more and more anger and perceived and real wrongs got stuffed in there until there simply wasn't any more room and I'd lash out I'd blow up you know sometimes the target of my angry words was someone I was actually angry with but in nearly every instance they got way more than was actually appropriate for the situation because they ended up being the recipient of all the anger that was escaping the box And sometimes I turned those words on myself, berating myself for not being good enough or worthy enough. Because if I was, would all these angering events even have happened? This was the approach to anger that was modeled for me growing up. So I I didn't really know anything else. But the beautiful thing about chakra work and learning about healing is that we discover different ways to manage everything in our lives, including anger. But every time we suppress anger or grow it beyond its original size, we do trauma to ourselves. And healing is learning to bring some of those angers out and actually give that wounded child a loving response. Love dissolves anger pretty fast, you may know. So that's the first step, I think. Figure out what you're doing with your existing anger. Where is it going? And if you're like me, either suppressing it or pushing it or both, then we need to look at ways to process the anger, just like we would any other emotion. So what exactly is anger? I mean, we all sort of instinctively know what it is, right? We've been taught to label a collection of sensations as anger. I guess the question for me is more, where does it come from? At a broad developmental level, why do we get angry? What's the purpose? I talked about anger covering other emotions. So sometimes when we can find those, the anger goes away on its own because we can see what it was hiding and work on that. But what about anger that isn't exactly like that? This is the kind of anger that sits directly in the sacral chakra and to a certain extent, the root chakra as well. That's because anger is an emotional reaction to a direct threat. It's a jolt of energy that gets us ready to act to survive. It can also be triggered when there is a threat to our self, capital S, self. Like when we're trying to live in our integrity, aligned with our values, and we perceive a threat to that. 
There's not really a survival danger as far as our physical bodies go, but I think that the threat to our authenticity evokes anger. And I think that a lot of times that's the kind of anger that gets suppressed because we can't exactly identify why we're angry or, or we think that we shouldn't be angry. It can also be the opposite where we completely overreact to what happened. Okay, here's, here's kind of a silly example getting cut off in traffic, not in a dangerous way, just just where the other driver is being inconsiderate. If you've ever had an out-of-proportion response to that, consider if it's the same reason I think that I get frustrated so easily. I've worked so hard to embrace the idea that I am worthy to be here, that my needs and existence are just as important as everyone else's. That kind of root chakra work that we're always exploring. And then someone comes along and just goes at the four-way stop when it was my turn. What am I, invisible? Oh, you're so much more important than I am. You know, we take it as a personal offense rather than the mistake it was. Or even if it wasn't, who cares? But it's an affront to our emotional integrity. So we have a flash of anger. Silly example, I know, but... Maybe there's a similar situation in your life that you can relate it to. Usually that kind of thing is just a flash and then it's gone. It gets processed through your body and your sacral chakra and your mind and you're over it. But what if you repressed it every single time until it couldn't be held back any longer and it's overwhelming and it can't be filtered through your energy system and you burst out? Then you have road rage or whatever sort of rage it is that you experience. And worse, what if you hold that anger in, never letting it out, feeding it stories of shame and resentment and worthlessness? It isn't as if it will just stay in that anger box, especially if you're fueling it with any of this sludge. It'll show itself in physical pain, maybe illness, misery, something some way that emotion will come out. Because anger really is a neutral emotion, just like all the others, as long as we're approaching it appropriately. Anger, ideally, is a single-use sensation, single-serve. We perceive the threat, we get the anger, the emotion to spur us to act, resolve the threat, and it dissipates. But we don't do that so much of the time. So how do we express it if needed? Honestly, for me, the answer turned out to be pretty simple. Not easy, just simple. Instead of constantly doing things I didn't want to do because I felt forced, does that sound familiar from last week's work on agency? But instead of that, I learned to just say, I don't want to do that. We can say it to a person. We can say it to ourselves. And of course, sometimes we're going to have to do the thing anyway. But instead of doing it with that anger festering in us, building resentment and discontent, we feel that we've made a choice. You see how all of these sort of work together? I do think it's authentic to do things that we don't entirely want to do as long as we're happy with the reasons that we've made the choice to do it. We can also reframe how we think of anger expression Because I know that I always thought it meant like yelling or saying mean things. But if we think of anger, like Dr. Mate expresses it, as a boundary defense, it can simply be acknowledging that something is 
wrong for us and moving forward from there. We don't need to scream, if you keep doing X, I will leave, which is a good boundary statement, but we can simply state it. And if we're processing the anger and other emotions as they come, that statement won't be filled with all the rage that's built up. And I can tell you from experience that it's a process to get through that, but totally one worth undertaking. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I want to talk for a moment about anger that is longer lasting and needs to be that way. Healthy anger, as I just said, is when we have a reaction to a specific event, process it, and let it go. But what about things that aren't a specific, discrete, one-time event, like human rights violations or systemic racism? These are things that make us angry. And I don't particularly want to be a person who doesn't get angry about them. But living with the ongoing anger around them, I mean, not to mention if you're the victim of them, is unavoidable. Unavoidable and contributes to the personal trauma you experience, the societal trauma, the trauma to humanity. But we can't just pretend that they aren't happening. And so many other things like that. We we can't just pretend they're not happening just so that we don't have to feel angry. I mean, I think we do that, maybe not about all of them all of the time, but living with that level of anger just can't be healthy for us. And truthfully, I don't have a solution, but I do think that we have to at least talk about it. I think maybe there are things we can do to help with our angry feelings, and maybe we also need another word that isn't anger. Social support, finding others who are experiencing these societal ills as Dr. Mate calls them, so that you're not alone. Isolation just contributes to anger. If you have the bandwidth and the desire, getting involved in solutions can be helpful. It gives the anger somewhere to go. If there are legislative solutions, you can contact your elected officials. If there are organizations that work directly with victims, you can volunteer or donate. This kind of anger, in my opinion, is best met with active compassion, not flashes of anger while reading an article or watching the news and then forgotten. Again, I don't have the answers here, but there are people who have more answers than I do. So we can go seek them out. I just, I just didn't want to leave this type of anger unaddressed. To me, it's the perfect example of how the sacral chakra and solar plexus chakra work together to feel and process emotions. And this is a type of anger that we can use in a healthy, 
productive way to act on our own behalf. Because remember, our highest good is inseparable from humanity's highest good. It's said that no one is free until we're all free. No one is liberated or enlightened unless that is available to everyone. It's part of how we're all connected. So if you feel anger on behalf of others in the face of injustice, use that emotion to fuel your actions and let the action help process your emotion. And if you already do this, don't forget to rest and recharge. One more time. I'm not the source of all the right answers here, but let's open ourselves up to ways of thinking and feeling and behaving around this anger. Anger for healing. That is still a tough one for me to wrap my head around. Maybe it is for you too. Healing in general can be such a tricky thing. You know, trying to uncover and acknowledge our trauma without letting it take us over. As you're doing your chakra work or any work for yourself this week, explore your feelings around this, right? Your feelings around your feelings, if you will. Episode 150 was all about that. So if you want more direction there, feeling your feelings about your feelings, you can check it out. How does anger impact your life? Do you feel it more in your solar plexus or your sacral chakra? Where do you need to do the chakra balancing work? I was always working in my solar plexus, and this sort of discussion has helped me drop back down into my sacral chakra to see if there's something to be done there. And spoiler, yes, there was, and I continue to do it, just like you. Let me know how it goes. You can let me know on Facebook and Instagram at Your Chakra Coach. I've got links in the show notes for that, and also to the Patreon page if you'd like to support the show with a few dollars each month. I love you all, and I am so very honored to be taking this journey with you. Always let me know what I can do for you, and we'll talk next week. Bye.